Money is not a taboo idea. Money is not so taboo that you shouldn't talk about it. It's a weird, frank idea that people believe or that society has managed to convince a majority of people, perhaps you as it once did to me, that we should not talk about money. In fact, they always, as I always remember hearing, was you cannot talk about three things, money, politics, and government. I wonder why. Why would especially money, something that every single person absolutely has to deal with and has to be involved with, why won't we talk about this? And what I come to realize is that the only ones that aren't going to talk about money and that do believe it's a taboo subject are the ones that don't understand money, the ones that are not educated in money, the ones that are too self-conscious about their money position, and with that are unwilling to learn, unwilling to grow, and with that unwilling to be in an uneducated position where you have to learn, where you are, yes, the dumbest person in the room, and so from there must hopefully do your best to not be because money is not taboo. Money is the kind of thing that you have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to your job and it comes to the taxes and it comes to the assets, hopefully assets that you want to purchase or liabilities, cars, houses, travel, your lifestyle, whatever it is that you want to spend money on, you need to understand money because if you can't understand money, how can you produce money? And if you can't produce money, how can you have an abundance of money? Money is not taboo, so let's talk about it. That's today's new Gen Ed class. So personally, I can't tell if I should be grateful uh, or frustrated because for myself growing up, my parents never really talked about money. And <laughs> perhaps a lot of the reason why this class and this episode exists because money was considered to be not necessarily taboo, but yeah, we're not talking about it. Or yeah, we'll talk about it later. Or okay, I'll think about it, you know? And, and it just ended up being something that was always so superfluous, something that just managed to fly away in the wind. Because at the same time, I remember in a lot of my childhood going through the 0809 housing market crash. And then from there, just the recession, the inflation, and then just other things all the way in between. And especially at the time of this recording, the inflation and the other recession now that we get to deal with. And so money just seemed to have such a massive effect. But at the same time, I didn't understand what the heck money was. I ended up going through all of high school, middle school, elementary, and then some of college. And still yet, it was like, why are my deepest conversations about money with people not in a classroom, not with a professor? And why is it that it seems like if I really want to get the best information, my parents are not going to be the best option. Most people, in fact, will not be the best option. The best options are going to be the ones that are living the financial life that you are trying to live. And so with that, modeling and speaking with those types of people. You know, I, I think of an easy example. There is this other billionaire, I believe his name is Jacob Davids. Uh, I could be wrong on the last name. 
But the point to Jacob is that he did definitely have the capital to move and make heavy movements into a market with some of the businesses because he is a multi-billionaire and has or had multiple billion dollar companies. And a lot of them ended up being logistical based companies. So for example, when it came to trucking, one of the things that he did was he would do his research and what the research composed of was looking at the markets the fragmented markets within those and seeing, okay, what can I go ahead and absorb? And then from there, he would absorb like half of the market and then replace with his own the other half. And then from there grew this multi-billion dollar shipping business. And from that, this is very important because he, to do so, had a lot of financial conversations and industry and business-based conversations with other leading experts within the industry. And what he did for three months before launching the business was have one-on-ones, have these types of conversations. Because the thing is, it's like, let's say you won the lottery. Okay, now you have a bunch of money. Do you actually know what to do with it? So here's a main point when it comes to money and why it's important that it not be taboo because a lot of people, perhaps you, have this massive desire to be rich. Rich, rich, rich. I just want to be rich. Bro, fuck all that. Being rich is pointless because, okay, let's say that you make a million dollars per year, but now your lifestyle costs 900,000 a year. So you have a profitability of, of 100 grand, okay? Now, it will still take you a decade to have earned a million dollars. Are you, yes, rich, but wealthy? No. Because what is wealth? So wealth is going to be the thing where you are purchasing assets, and these assets produce cash flow. And this cash flow creates a level of passive income, and this passive income is what then funds your lifestyle. The point in this being that when you have these assets that produce cash flow, the way that this happens, okay, is you see something, an asset that you believe not only has value, but that you can cash flow. Now, let's say for easy math, it costs $10,000. Okay, so if it costs $10,000, you can grab your own $10,000, or you can have someone loan you the $10,000, and then with that, get it at some level of interest. Do your math beforehand. Okay, like, hey, if I have this 10 grand and I start this business, I should earn this much money. And that's a percentage of growth, right? Because if I'm putting in 10 and I know I'll gain back 20K, then that's 100% growth. And if I have a 20% interest on that 10K, so then I really only had 80% growth and that's an 8K profit, but let's do expenses. So then maybe I only have XYZ profit, right? Hopefully you're following the math, but this is money. Money is just math. It's just numbers. It's just tracking. It's just being uh, aware of your budget. So when you're purchasing these assets, we want them to cash flow. We can borrow the money, keep our own cash, 10K that we likely had, put that down, have that then become this, and then have this passive income stream. Now, I'm using the word passive, but passive doesn't necessarily mean literally passive. There are a few things that are literally passive. And once you have enough money, then things start to generally feel passive because you can, of course, also 
pay the people to help make sure that it's passive so that you don't have to spend time on it. And then from there, passive will take time to, at the end of the day, unless you have those people be there, make sure that it is relatively passive. But again, starting from the assets, because you're earning two types of ways, actively and then passively. So when you're building the wealth, you're gonna come in these three stages. First, trading your time for the money. Then the idea, for example, if you're just starting out in the labor force and the workforce, you're probably gonna work in more entry-level positions. I really encourage you to take advantage of sales positions. Commissions, dude. Like You get to make a lot more money, you can make it a lot faster, and it doesn't really require anything super incredible about you besides the willingness to learn and the willingness to execute the process the most amount of times. And ideally with the best skill put behind it, the best intention, the most energy and conviction, the best attitude. So now as we start to develop our skills, we then move from trading time for money to trading less time for more money. And then that difference is what starts to create the ability, the opportunity for us to then buy these assets. And then these assets allow us to then further leverage that gap between the amount of time we spend and the extra income that we have to then let the income produce income, right? Literally growing money on trees. Because fun fact, you probably didn't talk to enough people about money or you probably heard some bullshit about how money doesn't grow on trees. But that's not true because ever since that the US dollar was taken off of the gold, the gold standard and was no longer pegged to anything, but instead just the speculative value of the US GDP and its future earnings or future output, it literally started to grow on trees. It's just cloth. <laughs> it's literally cloth and maybe a little bit of paper and ink. And they've now obviously have a lot more counterfeit security measures behind it. But bro, money ultimately isn't real. And it's a completely abstract idea. And it still has a tremendous influence on the way everything works. Because in the beginning, when we were starting off as just tribes and now progressing, we had just those three that weirdly we don't want to talk about. Money, your religion or the religion or religion in general, and the government or you know whoever would be the oversight. Because before there was the government as we understand today, there were the kingdoms and there were the warring tribes and the feudal whatevers so that we had the idea of paying tribute, right? Hey, pay us tribute, whether that be in food, that be in people, that be in gold, that be in clothing, whatever. Whatever you have a lot of, we want you to pay us tribute. And for that, we will either protect you or at least make sure that we don't kill you. And then from there, we can continue to collect your tributes who will protect you from other people. That's where a lot of this stuff started to come from. These are taxes as we understand it. It's just literally paying tribute to the government and then they offer us some services, hopefully. But that's a whole different conversation. We're just talking about money. And with it, a conversation that you not only should have with your family and your parents, but if they're not at the level that necessarily you're striving to be at, then don't have the conversation with them. That's okay. Go ahead and have the money conversations with the type of people whose money you hopefully want to have. But again, be very careful with that. Uh, and, and similarly, it's not like I'm saying that everyone is open to talking about money because money is not taboo, but there are definitely societal 
railings, if you will, to keep people within that. And so have the conversations, talk to people about it. It's legally, at least in America, covered so that you're legally allowed to talk about your pay. That's fine. So go ahead and have the conversations. Educate yourself about money because I know for myself, the moment that I just kind of came to terms with, dang, I, I just, I got to get my financial stuff together. I went and I just read, I think like 12, 13, not, not more than 15, but maybe 15 financial books, just, just straight finances. And that helped me have not only a lot of perspective, just reading on it, but then I started feeling way more confident in having way more money conversations. And then from there, it starts to snowball and create a much more abundant life because when you know what you're doing with your money, you can confidently move through life. And when you can confidently move through life, I think we can both agree life is just going to work better because again, money is not taboo. Money is something you need to talk about. It is at the center of practically our social universe. So let's talk about it. And thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode so that we can talk about money so you can continue to learn about money and make sure that this way other people get to learn about money by hitting the subscribe button, sharing this on the other platforms and helping us grow the channel. We'll see you at the next class in the next episode. Have a great one.